Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I have a really exciting episode for you guys. I am interviewing Lady C, known as Chloe or Casey, depending on what time of the day you are talking to her. She is a supporter of special needs people during the day and a supporter of the sex industry at night. And today, we're going to talk about how to elevate your sexual energy and elevate your sexual life and get your desires and your sexual needs met. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did and I will say no more and we'll get straight into it. Chloe, welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Hi, Aurel. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited for today's episode. Let's embrace our sexuality. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> embrace our sexuality. Like that is that is the topic for today, and I'm I'm so on board with it. Good, so good. First question of the day: um, What elevates your soul? what elevates my soul oh my goodness um it's it's so funny that this is like the first question that you lead with especially for me at the moment because i've been really run down with like illness and i've been sick and my partner and i have been like you know we broke up last week so this whole idea of what elevates me has been like the forefront of my mind right now. Like, what do I need to get myself where I need to be? Yeah. And I have to say that I think for me, what elevates me is connection. That is the word. So connecting with your friends or connecting with nature, connecting just with yourself and um, you know, like listening to what you need, um, is my, that's sort of my thing right now that has been elevating me. That's been, you know, getting me, getting me up, getting me out. And it's been great. So just oh, connection, connecting with people. Yeah. yeah. I think my answer would be the same if I asked myself that. Yeah, right. Right. And typical us, you know, extroverted personalities, like we get our energy from other people. Yeah. And so of course that's, you know, that that is part of it that is so much part of it yeah I'm actually an introvert oh my goodness you do not strike me as an introvert no I'm what they call an extroverted introvert so I get my energy from being alone but I like also thrive off of that connection but if I had to like balance it out I'd be higher on the scale of spending more time alone for sure wow wow oh my goodness okay well we learn something new every day Second question, can you tell us or me and the listeners a bit about you and your journey to embracing your sexuality? Right. Okay. Um, so the, I mean, any, I, I feel like so much of a life journey starts like, you know, the whole nature versus nurture. So it starts from how you were raised and where you were raised and all of that. And that has helped that helps shape and develop you as a person. Uh, but for me, like the, 
the pinpoint for my embracing my sexuality uh, started maybe like two, you know, six years ago, like six or seven years ago, um, where I was, I had graduated uni and I finished with a Bachelor of Media Arts majoring in photography and digital design. And then after uni, I did the typical thing, moved home with mom and dad to try to save money or figure out what I was supposed to do. And I was working in retail and I found myself feeling very just dissatisfied. And I wasn't happy with where I was at. And I started like questioning a lot of things. Like it wasn't just about my career. It was about myself, my relationships. And I was just in this pondering of like what next, where now? And one, one thing about humans and what is typical human nature is that we are creatures of habit and we are creatures of comfort as well. And so when you, when you live in a world of distraction and you have Instagram and Facebook and you have you know, TV and all of those things that distract you, it's so easy to not look at yourself and not um, try to change because you don't we don't want to. We like to stick with, with what's comfortable, even yeah. if what's comfortable is bad for us, like, or even if it's, you know, not great. Yeah. So, so for me, I was like, okay, I need to do some changes. I need to make some things happen. Were, and you, in, were you unhappy or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I was, I feel like I ticked all those boxes that society says to tick. Like finish school, go to uni, like have a have a good boyfriend. Yes. And I was like, why am I not successful? Why am I not happy? Why I did all the right things? Why mm -hmm. is the universe not just giving me everything? You know? Yeah. And so, um, instead of, you know, instead of sort of sitting there and looking at myself and putting myself out there for change, I decided to create a character. And I'd grown up in drama and theater and I loved being on stage and I love Shakespeare and Shakespeare wrote, you know, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. And so there I was not happy with the role that I was not happy with Chloe's role. And so I created the role of Casey Cannon and Casey Cannon is a, well, she became uh, an exotic dancer. And so while I was sitting there doing this retail job that I hated on my lunch break, I called up the local strip club and I said, hey, are you hiring? And they said, yep. And I said, can I come down? And they said, yep. And so that started this whole exploration yeah. of, um, you know, a, a different world for me, a very, very different world. So yeah, I didn't want to change who I was. So I decided to create someone else and play a part so that I could figure out what was happening in my sex life that was dissatisfying me yeah. and also figuring out who I was sexually as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the beginning of the journey really. Wow. So yes. interesting. And when you started this job, like, were you really open about it? Like, this is a new thing that I'm trying out and exploring, or did you keep that on the down low that you absolutely kept it on the down low? Yeah. Um, I did not, I only told one person and that was my 
you know, good friend from high school, her and I um, had both moved home after uni. And yeah. so I told her and she, she was there from the beginning and that was it. I didn't tell anybody else. So yeah, it was a big secret that I had to harbor and I actually kept it a secret for a very, very long time. And now I'm, as I'm sort of, you know, coming, approaching my thirties, yeah. I'm sort of like, I don't, I don't feel like I need to keep it a secret anymore. So yeah. yeah so it's a very exciting time for me talking about this whole journey. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not something that I talk about often or with a lot of people. So I love that. Yeah. Good on you. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that uh, keeping it more of a secret and keeping it from others was a bit of a burden for you when it came to connecting with other people and feeling that deeper yeah. relationship with others? Yeah, I feel like when you're when you have a relationship with someone, and I mean, this is, you know, this is for any relationship. Honesty yeah. is such a big part, and yeah. if you can't be honest, then you you're already hindering that relationship in some way shape or form yes so um so yeah so for me i think having having that as a secret was very exciting for me because i did find you know we live in a world where people are posting everything on instagram and you have this big online presence and you're really inviting people into your personal life yeah um and and so to have a secret to have this little naughty thing that i wasn't going to tell anyone about was you know it was exciting it was like any any childhood's you know treasure hunt like it was exciting there was this secret hidden thing that only i knew about and only a couple of my friends knew about it and um and so i quite liked it it gave me an adrenaline rush yeah. and it also kept it as mine like this was my story, my journey. It wasn't very influenced by other people because they didn't know about it. So I didn't have to listen to other people's opinions. I didn't have to listen to my parents' opinions or to, you know, certain friends. I, I just got to go through this the way that I wanted it to and just allow the process to organically develop. Exactly. And I think that was so important, especially now that I'm a little bit older and I've been on this journey now for about six years, it's been, it's still mine. And I, now I get to really love it. And now I get to, you know, embrace those sides that it gave me, like that character gave me. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's really, um, sometimes secrets can be good. Sometimes you need something that's yours and it's okay to have that. And it's okay to be a little bit selfish with your story. You don't have to, tell everyone you don't have to post it on online you don't have to get permission like yeah. I think a big thing is that we are raised in a society where even in high school you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom mm. and so when you come into your adult life you're you feel like you still have to ask permission to do things like I you know so being there's like no a trust there's no trust in your own intuition and your desires wow. yes yeah. that is exactly it we haven't been taught to trust ourselves and so yeah so this this journey was um you know a, a lot of that happened in this journey there was so much of this just learning to trust 
my instincts and also like learning from mistakes. Like I definitely pushed some boundaries that I didn't know I had. And so being able to rein that back and say, okay, you, yes, you've done that, but you don't have to keep doing that. You can, you can have boundaries and set limits and, and that's okay. Um, yeah. So that's how we learn boundaries, right? Is when people cross boundaries and then we're like, Oh, oh okay. There's yes. boundaries. <laughs> yes. And, and it's so funny when you cross them for yourself. Like yeah. we, we often say boundaries as in there has to be a second person involved mm. or there has to be somebody else, but no, you can cross your own boundaries and then you have to look at yourself, really look at yourself and say, Hey girl, like you, you made a mistake or you messed up. And, and again, when we live in a world of distraction, we live in a world where you can just jump on to the internet or turn on the TV and not have to look at yourself. You don't ever have to confront your thoughts if you don't want to, but it is so good when you do. Yeah. And in the long yeah. run, right? Right? Right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was a yes. And like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've had to look at myself as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, like, yeah, it's good in the long run. Initially, it can be very frightening and scary, especially if it's something you haven't learned or grew up with. But yeah, yeah. For, sure. for sure. And, and when it is for me, when it's something as like taboo as working in the sex industry, which is what stripping is, um, I didn't have a lot of people that I could talk to um, about it. And that, yes, that was my choice to exclude a lot of people, but it was a taboo thing. And so I felt like I had already crossed a line and I'd already pushed a boundary. So figuring out my boundaries within a new boundary um, was a very dramatic (laughs) and fascinating journey for sure. That was... I think it took me maybe three, two or three years before I started to like ground myself in my new um, life as a stripper and and really start to stand for something yeah. in that industry. So yeah, it can take a while. All all learning takes a while, and you just have to allow yourself to learn in time. Exactly. So interesting. Um, so in the beginning, you were almost like living a double life. Like you have your two characters, almost like a split, I don't want to say split personality, but you had two different. Yes. Yes, I did. And, um, I, I feel like it wasn't even just in the beginning. It was, you know, I've been doing this for six years and I'd say the, the, those five years, those first five years was very much a disconnect, uh, between my dancing life and my other life. And that was, um, that, that was just, yeah, it was interesting. Um, it was, a what it gave me. So if I'll talk about myself in like the third person, I guess, where Chloe and Casey. So Chloe was just my normal life. Um, raised in like a Christian household and, you know, went to school. I was the religious captain in high school uh-huh. and I was a very, um, well-spoken, um, a little bit feisty and like, you know, I wasn't afraid to be confrontational, but I also was very respectful. And Chloe was also 100% a virgin and she was going to stay a virgin until marriage. And that was that Chloe's not like that anymore. (laughs) Um, but 
that was that was Chloe and um Casey was just was my way of creating like this little sexy character and in my head this is I think deep down in my head I thought if I play the character I I can still like be a Christian or I can still get into heaven or like because yeah. it's not me this is not an authentic version of myself this is a character that I created you're role so playing I was role-playing, yes, I was role-playing. And that gave Chloe a sense of safety right. where it was, it was okay to kiss boys and it was okay to be naked and it was okay to touch yourself. Yeah. And because, because Chloe just thought, oh, this is dirty, this is wrong, and God is watching, and no. Um, whereas Casey, Casey got to let go of all of that. Casey didn't have a history of religion that was holding her back physically. She didn't have her, you know, her school and her friends where she had a reputation and she thought she had to uphold that reputation all through her adult life. Yeah. So Casey just got to be born and got to live. And it was so exciting and so dramatic. Um, and yeah, so that was... That whole role play um, was the only way I knew how to explore something else without, right. like, while keeping Chloe safe. And without feeling guilty as well, right? Yes, exactly. Because, like, like I said, there was a disconnect where it wasn't me. This wasn't me. Yeah. And, um, but it was a version of myself that I had been suppressing. Yes. And, Yes. <laughs> yes. And where, do you, where do you think that guilt came from? Like what didn't allow you to express that side of you, the Casey side of you all along? What made mm. that side come out as you having to role play it? So like, where was this guilt coming from? I think when you've, you know, when you've been raised in a, in a strict household, um, it's your, you know, I think your parents, I mean, my parents raised me wonderfully and I love my parents very much, but they instilled in me their beliefs instead of allowing me to, you know, create my own. Yeah. And so we were homeschooled growing up. So I didn't have a lot to do with the outside world. I didn't have a lot to do with boys. I didn't go to school. I didn't get to watch um, how like kids play in a playground and I didn't really get to watch like those relationships be interacted. I didn't know what flirting was, even though I was a natural flirt growing up, according to my family. Um, so yeah, so I think the guilt just came from I'm, I'm different. And so therefore I'm a disappointment. Right. So, different yeah, so, from your parents' expectations yeah, or or I, I think a lot of both. Um, I think society is, is an interesting one because society is very varied, um, but there is still an expectation of women that we will keep our legs closed and we will, you know, support the husband and we will make babies and, you be know. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. And be monogamous <laughs> and just be, a, you know, there's this expectation of what is a good woman. Yeah. And even in the Bible, you know, it, it talks about how like the women in the Bible, there are very few characters in the Bible who are 
uh, female, but the ones who are are servers. They they wipe the feet of Jesus with their tears, and they serve the King, and they they have this thing where you have to be a server. And so I was raised in a household where women served, and we went to a church where women served. And when I started, you know, going to high school and things like that, I was, you know, like I said, I was the religious captain. So that meant I was serving the church or I was serving the school. And so to be an adult, I was like, I don't want to serve anymore. I want to serve myself. Yeah. I want to, I want to, you know, put some energy towards me and what, what is something that I want to do? Well, Hey, I kind of want to have sex. And I don't really want to wait until I'm married because, oh my God, that's, that's a long way away. <laughs> like yeah. that is going to be a long way away. So yeah. So I, uh, so there was just this guilt of I'm not allowed to serve myself. I have to serve everybody else. And so I felt a little bit guilty because being selfish in the Western yeah. world, when you call someone selfish, it is full of so many negative connotations. Yeah. And that is, that it's so horrible. I really don't like it. I, I, for me, I love the word selfish and I love calling myself selfish. And there's, you know, we've managed to like rephrase it thanks to, you know, Oprah, where we call it self-love or self-care, but you know, let's, let's not mess around with this. It's selfish (laughs) and it's okay. (laughs) Like it is okay. So yeah, so I think the the guilt just came from uh, me being raised to serve and me deciding not to serve um, anymore, but just to serve myself. Right. So, and but even then, I still couldn't bring myself to do that. I still had to create a character. Uh, mm-hmm. Chloe would still not serve herself. Chloe just decided to role play the act of serving herself and role play selfish, mm-hmm. um, and. And honestly, honestly, I, I couldn't have it. I don't think I could have done it any other way. I don't think I was equipped with the tools at the time on mm-hmm. how to reflect or how to change on my own. Yeah. So creating a character was a great tool. And I, I think it's a, a really pleasant and a really fun strategy if anybody wants to try something new that they've never done before. Um, like feel free, go play with life. Like you, you know, you have a life, you have a body and you have a bank account. So go buy a wig and go pretend to be somebody else for the day. Like it's okay. And I think as adults, we're told that we have to be serious and we have to take life so seriously and you have to have goals and you have to meet these goals and you have to buy a house or you have to do this. And it's like, no, you can just wear a wig and dance on stage and and that's like you can have fun with life you don't you don't have to be um you know restrained anymore you can life is fun it's there to to have fun and you need to have fun and that and it was and it is Casey Cannon is still a big part of my life and she is still so much fun um I also yeah. think like traveling as well is, is such a good way to oh, yes. break out and leash out of your shell. It's like when you're in a place where nobody knows you, like introduce yourself as someone else, like even call yourself yes. a name. Yes. And then you have that chance to, yeah, create a whole different character. That's obviously, it's still you. It's just another side of you. But yes. for me, that's what I found like traveling was so helpful for. It's like, 
yeah, wherever you go and whatever you feel like on that day or in that time and space, you're just like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is my name and this is what I'm yes. gonna look like and this is yes. what I'm gonna do. And I think there's um there's a lot to be said for that because I feel like different people bring out different elements to your personality. Sure. And so you, you know, you might act one way with one group of friends and then you yeah. act another way around another group. And so when you're traveling, you get to let out these new personalities that maybe you haven't tried before because you're suddenly meeting a guy in Mexico and you've never been to Mexico. So what do you do in Mexico? You don't know. You have to figure that out. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Yes. Traveling is such an amazing way. See, it's like you, you travel, then I cosplay. (laughs) That's how you, that's what you do. And, and we're adults and that's how adults just figure out who they are. Exactly. And it's, it's so true because like a lot of people as well, when I say like, you know, go travel, they use money as that excuse. Mm. And it's like, it's fine. You don't need to travel to learn. You don't need to travel to do personal Mm. development. You don't need to travel to explore and find who you are. Yes, Mm. it is cool. And it is a great way to do so. But if you don't have the money right now, there are other ways to do it in, you know, the same town where you're living at right now. Absolutely. And I mean, this is where like trying something new, um comes into it whether it's like you know join a line dancing group and see what (laughs) yeah go go to a drum class or like go um you know like go and just you know make friends with someone like sit on a park bench and say hi to every person who walks past you and see how each person made you feel like you for for people to use money as an excuse to not um explore themselves is a really sad sad modern um excuse and so yeah i it it's so true all excuses are sad though right (laughs) this is that that is also true like yes all excuses (laughs) go past the excuses oh my goodness amazing interesting (laughs) um so with the whole casey and the chloe scenario do you find like you still have the two separate in your personality or have you taken parts from casey and combined them in mm-hmm. with chloe now like are they are they friends now do they yeah. you know do they know about each other are they combined <laughs> or are they still separate yes. yes i mean there is still a lot of uh separate things definitely um but i find that they've they've both of them both chloe and casey have grown together and they're they're now a little bit more one and so even though each one has their own separate friendship circles and i haven't introduced those friendship circles yet um they and they each have like elements to their personality that still kind of stay on on those sides yeah um when it comes time to dun 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 the bedroom uh they're very much one now so before chloe used to have to channel casey and she would have to like even like say to whoever it was that she was sleeping with or you know whatever intimate moment she was about to have oh i i just need to pop out for a minute like i just need to go to the bathroom real quick and exit the room so that she could then get into the character of Casey just mentally and then return with like this, you know, sexy fire, like, yeah, let's, let's do this. 
Um, wow, that's where, so interesting. Yeah, and that took me, you know, a couple of years to to sort of not have to channel it, where it just became natural. Yeah. So whether Chloe was having sex or whether Casey was having sex, it didn't matter. It was my motions now of how I go go about acting in or how I go about my bedroom activities yes. are um more fluid and and it's more one and it's um mm. yeah and so I'm really glad that now I'm in a place where I'm so comfortable with my sexuality that I can talk about it on a podcast <laughs> I love that yeah, yeah. so and it's, it's interesting because you said before, like how different people bring out different sides of you. I a hundred percent agree. And it could be the same in the bedroom as well. Like whoever mm-hmm. you're having sex with one man might've, or female, whatever might've triggered more of Casey's personality traits. Yes. And another person might've triggered more of Chloe's personality traits. Yes. Yes. 100%. And I think that's, you know, you also get to figure out, like, I got to figure out, like, who I kind of liked more because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found that, you know, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's all very interesting when you change sex partners, because you learn a lot about them in the bedroom, and you learn yeah. a lot about yourself as well, all over again, like, you're never not learning about yourself. For sure. And I think something that Casey gave me or gave Chloe was the ability to talk about sex and not have it be a taboo topic. Yes. So whenever I was sleeping with someone and let's say they did something that I didn't like, or maybe they did something that I totally loved. Yeah. I felt so comfortable saying, Hey, when you did this, it was amazing. You should keep mm-hmm. doing that. Or when you did this, I felt like you were sucking on my elbow. There was no stimulation whatsoever. <laughs> let's not do that again. Yeah. So, um, and that is, again, I think something that women haven't been taught to talk about or haven't been encouraged to talk about. So much of being in the bedroom for the past however many decades, it's been about the man and, you know, what the man wants or what he, you know, whatever. It's about Um, the woman pleasing again, right? The woman being that Yes, exactly. It's about what do you want to do with my body? Like, you feel good. (laughs) Exactly. And so this, again, this whole service, this whole let's serve the male orgasm or let's serve the male gaze and let's serve, you know, the future generation by bearing a child through sex. Mm -hmm. Like the whole act of sex for a woman was about service of another, never about service of herself. Mm. That is a very Western way of thinking. And I know that there are some other cultures that don't think that way. Um, But for me, the culture that I was brought up in, that's what it was about. And I remember, um, I remember when I was younger, joking with my, I think it was like my mom and my grandmother, and we were all in the room together. And my cousin was getting married or something. We were talking about the wedding. And my I said, someone said, you know, oh, what, like, what's it like? Or what do you do in the bedroom? Or how does a, you know, what's a tip that you can give your yeah. cousin for, you know, the future and sex? And my grandmother laughs and she said, oh, you know how it goes. You lay back and think of France. What? And I just, 
I know, I know. You for, for the the advice that you give a oh. woman when it comes time to her and her marriage is lay back and think of France. Oh, the and it, <laughs> I I know, I know. So that that is how some people, how some women have been taught to have sex. And how and they've she, had sex their whole life, right? Yes, exactly. How they've had sex their whole life. So it's a um it's Oh, it's just, it's crazy that that, I remember hearing that conversation and, and I didn't understand it. I was too young to understand it. And I wasn't about to ask questions, but I remember <laughs> all the, all the women in the room laughing yeah. uh, and I just thought, I don't get it. I don't. And then I started yeah. thinking like, if you're going to think of France, like, gee, I'd rather think of Fiji. At least it's warm there. Like, yeah. you know, I just, yeah. I started thinking like, what? Oh. So you know, and so now. How old were you then? Oh, maybe like, oh, nine years old. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. So, so old enough to like, you know, understand that women got periods and men and women had different body parts, but yeah. not quite yeah. old enough to understand what sex was and and that it could be so damn good. Yeah. And like, you know, so. Like my first advice to a young married couple would be go to a sex shop together, walk <laughs> into a sex shop and have a look at some of the toys and have a look at, you know, the things that move or the things that vibrate or the things that have texture and talk yeah. about it. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to sit there and incorporate this, but it yeah. opens up a conversation where yes. you can, you can then say like, oh, this is this is something that looks interesting or this is something that scares me or <laughs> I like the smell of this lube. Like go to a sex shop together and, and just talk, like act as though you're going to the kitchen store and you're about to pick out a new crock pot and you just want to <laughs> make sure you're getting the right one. Yeah. Go to the sex shop and just talk about things as though it's not taboo because yeah. it's not and it, it shouldn't be and there's nothing about your body especially that especially you within a relationship right oh, 100% and I feel like there's so many girls who are almost more comfortable talking to their girlfriends about sex that they have with their boyfriend than their actual boyfriend yes yes and that I think is so sad I mean yeah. it's so good you should be able to talk to your girlfriends yeah. I mean me and you talk like right yeah. now all the time <laughs> so but it's also it is it is twice as important to yeah. talk about sex with the person you're having sex with. Exactly. If you share a sex life with someone, you need to talk about your sex life with them. Yeah. And there is a, there are ways to go about it. I mean, there, you have to consider the other person's feelings. You don't need to, you know, hurt them in the process, mm. but you still, you still need to be honest with yourself and you still need to, this is where like being selfish comes in again. Yeah. Like, you yes care about the other person's feelings but care about you and your body just a little bit more because yeah. you're you're the one that you wake up to every day and you might share that waking up experience with someone but it's still you it's your skin it's your body it's your life and so you need to do yourself the justice of saying hey i don't like that or hey i love this or hey I'm bored. Let's try something. Yeah. Like, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going to, it's guaranteed that you're going to wake up in your body every single day, but it's not guaranteed that you're going to wake up next to 
whoever's body every single day. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I can be a testament to that. Like right now, like I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with this gentleman. Yeah. And as of Thursday, he, he decided that he had different plans and he was like, no, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Wow. And I, I was like, know that. I, I know I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up on this podcast or not, but I was like, you but know what? <laughs> yeah, there it goes. And yeah. And so breakups are a big deal. And he yeah. was a very special breakup. Well, a very special breakup. He was a very special partner yeah. uh, because he, he, was one of the few people who one knew all about Casey Cannon and Chloe. Yeah. But he also came to the strip clubs and he would watch me dance like as a friend. Yeah. And he came to some of my like private shows and he was very willing to, you know, observe my double life. He wasn't afraid of it and he wasn't judgmental of it. Yeah. And so that was a very unique moment where I, where I was like, yeah, come, come and see, come see what I do. I don't want to keep this a secret from you anymore. And yeah. And it was great. We had such a, you know, for me talking about work was the same as anybody else talking about work. And it was great. I can be like, Oh, I went to the club or, Oh, I did a private show for, you know, these people. And, and it, it was, um, you know, it was like talking about going to the bank. Like there was no um, awkwardness, yeah. which was great. And so now I'm like, okay, I've lost that with him. But now I know that's something that I really want in my next relationship is I want someone who will not judge me for being a dancer and who will come and watch me dance every now and then because exactly. I feel sexy when I dance. That's so important because they're accepting all of you. They're sec- accepting exactly. all of the different parts of you. Yes, yes. And no one is one thing. We are all multifaceted. And so to have someone not only accept it, but be willing to watch it, be willing to, you know, observe other men, like take your woman for a lap dance and be able to sit there very securely knowing that she's still going home with you tonight and a lap dance is just a lap dance. Yeah. Um, I, I thought was so great of him. And so I, I have to give him points for that, like 100%. And so, hmm. and so the relationship you had with him because he saw you in your two different elements and he accepted all of you and those parts of you in the bedroom, were you able to bring out both characters with him? So instead of just like sex with this boy, I'm Chloe and sex with this boy, I'm Casey. It's like, could you just kind of say like, oh, what mood am I in? Am I in? Yeah. So yeah. With the same guy, it, you're bringing out different sides of you with the same person. Oh my God. So much. Like, yes. yes, he was, we were able to talk about things and experiment with things very openly and safely. Yeah. Um, like I, it just, from the get go, I never felt judged or I never felt, I always felt like we were doing things together mm-hmm. and Sometimes in a relationship, someone might have a bit more experience than the other person. And so one person can sometimes feel like the coach and the other person feels like the learner. Yeah. Whereas with us, we, we both were trying things that neither of us had tried before. And we were both um, playing with stuff that neither of us thought we'd ever play with. And we both found things that we didn't like. And then we both found things that we loved. And it was just, it was so much fun. Like it was such a fun little journey. 
And, but I also think that some of the things we did together, I only liked doing with him because it was him. So I'm interested to see what happens in my next relationship. Mm. If I bring something into the bedroom, if I'm still going to like it. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's just, it's just like anything in life, like any sort of relationship you have, there's some friends who you like to do some things with, like even mm-hmm. if it's just a girlfriend and then, you know, it doesn't feel the same with the other girlfriend. You want to do something yeah. else with her. Another question um, about are just other people and sexuality. Do you think that some per some people are born with more sexual fluidity and sexual energy than mm. others? Like mm. nature or nurture or both? Mm. And do you think, yes, do you think it's actually possible that some of us are just born with more sexuality and more sexual energy than other people? I I do. I as much as I believe in you know, nurture and you're a product of your environment. Yeah. Um, I, what I believe is that you are born with it, but you also get to choose if you embrace it. Mm-hmm. And so that choice is, is still yours. So for me, I know that I was definitely born with more sexual energy or at least, you know, outgoingness, I suppose. Um, vivacious is that the word I'm looking for? Is it like um, I yeah, I was definitely born with it. Uh, because my parents have told me so, and my sister has told me so, and there was also like I don't know, there's this photo of me and one of my girlfriends again when I was younger. I think I was maybe ten by this point. Yeah, and we're in a hot tub. And my, my mom had come out with the camera and she was like, okay, girls, like it's time for bed, but we'll just get like a quick photo of you guys in the hot tub for memory's sake or whatever. And my girlfriend like puts her, her hands like under her chin and does a cute smile. And I stand bolt right up in the hot tub, put one foot like on the edge plant both hands on my hips and give my mom like this pout like this real like fierce like Victoria's Secret pout and so there I am in my little swimsuit as a 10 year old just like hands on my hips and like one leg like out of the hot tub completely just showing off yeah and pouting and my mom starts laughing and and she was like she takes the photo and the photo is hilarious. And when you look at my friend who's, you know, 10 years old and myself who's 10 years old, you mm. can just tell that we are very different 10 year olds. We are very yeah. different and we still are. And her and I are also still good friends. Yeah. And so that whole thing of just, I was born very. Do you find, do you find you're still, you still have more sexual energy than she does today? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. I really do. Um, and I, I think her, like she's, she's always, well, not always, but she's been more of like a relationship person and Mm. she's, she's with one guy and she stays with that guy and then maybe it ends and she moves on to the next guy and that's her thing. Whereas I've always been, I've always been quite comfortable having multiple people. Yep like on at once like you know not always at the you know same time in the bedroom but like (laughs) I've always dated like two or three people at the same time because I find um I love dating I really do and I 
I love just, again, playing with those personalities and doing mm. different things with different people. And like, I, I find you learn that so much, right. You learn so much when you get that. You, you do. And you, for me also, it's uh, the stimulation of being with a lot of people, like as a extrovert, um, I hate being bored. And so the, the fear is that being with one person will bore me because we yeah. won't, um, we, we won't, we'll get stuck in a routine yeah. and we'll get stuck in this monotonous way of doing things. And that is just my biggest fear. Yeah. So instead of having that, I just have lots of people. And then that way it's okay. Um, sort of like, it's okay to date. Maybe maybe one day you can face your fear and be in a monogamous relationship and learn to make that exciting because I feel like both ways of having a relationship, you can definitely learn about love and other people and yourself. And I think what's most powerful is if you can do both, like if you learn how to be successful in a monogamous relationship and be successful in a multi-partner relationship. Yes. And a non-monogamous relationship, should I say? (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. There's so many others, so many labels. It gets hard. Yeah. Um, Yes, I think that, oh, you put it, you put that beautifully. Like you can do both and it can be exciting. Just any, anything can be exciting. Like you can, you don't, the thing about routine is that you don't have to have one. And so I think I will keep that in my in the forefront when I enter, you know, my next relationship, um, whenever that is, yeah, that, you know, maybe we just, we won't. And I think, yeah, it's all very exciting. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Especially like if you meet someone as well and, and they're on the same mindset as you, right. If they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely wouldn't want to fall into this, you know, pattern routine for years and years and years mm-hmm. as well, then that's a good mm-hmm. sign. <laughs> Yes. Oh my goodness. And this is again, where I think that communication just comes into it. If you're going to have a successful anything, you have to communicate. And if you, like I said, you need to talk about your sex life with the person you are having sex with. And that's, you know, that really just comes down to it. And I think, you know, like, like we've touched on, a lot of people are afraid to maybe hurt someone else's feelings. And so they won't talk about sex with them because, oh, what if he gets offended? Or what if she gets insecure? And it's like, well, actually create a safe space, trust the person that you're sleeping with and, and tell them like, open up, tell them, be a little bit selfish, do that for you. Like do that for your relationship, make a little sacrifice and be a little bit selfish and say, for the benefit of this relationship, we need to talk about sex. Yeah. And And even if you you make them insecure, it's like, that's your decision to, the result is your partner feeling insecure for a while or not having the best sex that you could have for the rest of your relationship with them. Mm. And if your partner is insecure, that is a great moment for you to help build them up. Like you, as, as the partner of that person, it's part of your job in that relationship to help them grow and they need to help you grow. And if someone's insecure, that is a great moment for you to step up and say, Hey, I think you're a little insecure about this, or I picked up on your body language that maybe you didn't like that. So, so let's talk more about that. 
Or let's, if you're comfortable talking about that, let's talk about that. Or if you're not comfortable, cool, but I'm going to write you a letter that says everything that I do love about you and and Mm -hmm. just to try to balance out whatever it is you've done um, or whatever it is you've said that has made them feel insecure. So um, yeah, so there's always, there's always fun growing moments in relationships and it's always um, a little bit of an adventure. So um, yeah, it's great. Nothing's known, like everything's unknown. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the truth? Is that we sit here and we, we try to play by the book, but the truth is the book doesn't actually exist. And we try to play by the rules, but the truth is the rules were only made for like a certain group of people, or we try to do that. The, as soon as you figure out that nobody knows what they're doing, life becomes so much more relaxed. (laughs) Yeah. So true. (laughs) So true. I mean, I had no idea who I was. And so I had to create characters so that I could figure out what I liked and then decide who I was. What characteristics from that character do I want to incorporate in my everyday life or whatever? Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, and you have to, I, again, coming back to nature versus nurture, talk to your family about who you were as a kid or pull up photos of yourself and look at them and and say oh wow like I I can reflect on this time and this is how I feel about it am I still that person Mm. and it's amazing how when you learn about yourself you're able to give like more of yourself to the world and and it's so I just think it's so great and it's so much fun um yeah I love talking about my childhood with my family it's yeah and yeah, for sure, like photos of me as a kid, like I was 10 and 11 and I'd be, I like used to sew my own clothes and I'd sew the shortest yeah. skirts ever. And I'd like put in like clip on earrings and like lipstick and my poses as well were just like, I don't know, like super more sexually based. And, yes. and I knew for sure as a kid, like already at the age of four, I was already like playing around with my girlfriend sexually and stuff. Like I was, yes. it was so interesting to me as a kid. It's, I, I remember when I first started like masturbating yes. and I was a lot younger than I, I feel most people are, but yeah. I didn't know what it was. That was the other yeah. thing was that I knew it felt good and I knew how to do it. Yeah. And so I did. And yeah. it wasn't, it was, again, I was very removed from it as like a sexy thing. Mm. I, it, I didn't. And I thought I knew, I knew that it's something you did in private time. Like I knew I wasn't going to go to church and start dry humping <laughs> the chair. Like yeah. it was yeah. I, I knew, I, I think I was born with some of those little boundaries where like yeah. I knew it was private, yeah. but I also never felt like I wanted to like tell my mom or anything like that. So yeah, so when I, I remember becoming a teenager and, um, and I, I became a teenager and I was having a chat with my mom about how I wanted to have sex and you know some of my girlfriends were having sex and yeah. why why do I have to wait until marriage why why do I have to do it and my mom said she was like Chloe uh you don't need a boy to have sex you can just touch yourself and take care of it yourself 
And I, I looked at her and I, I was like shocked. I was just like, and the penny dropped of like, oh my God, that's what I've been doing this whole time. Oh. Like that, that's it. Like, so that really, and like the yeah. penny dropped and I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. I don't actually want to have sex then because I can just do it better. <laughs> like, yeah, so <laughs> this is fine. So yeah, so that was when the penny dropped of like what I had been doing, but how naturally I just knew what to do and, and right. I enjoyed it. So you, you just didn't label it when you were a kid. You didn't really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was very removed. Again, even then I didn't, even when I started having sex, so I didn't lose my virginity until I was 21. Yeah. And yeah. for New Zealanders, I feel like that's, um, yeah, pretty late, pretty late. Um, but I was happy with it. And yeah. it took me a long time to even orgasm um, when I started having sex. And I think it was because I'd been masturbating the same way mm. since I was maybe four years old. Yeah. And so when it came time to somebody else trying to pleasure me, there's yeah. just no way I didn't give them a chance. Yeah. And so one of the best things that I did for myself and all of my future partners and some of my previous sexual partners was I just stopped masturbating for a while yeah. because I needed my body to kind of like be really hungry for it so yeah. that when I started having sex, it, it gave my partner a chance to pleasure me and I needed to do that for them so that, well, for the relationship, I suppose. Um, and yeah, and it works. So that was great. That was great to learn that because I was very much in a habit of this is how I, how I orgasm and nothing else could make me orgasm. So, yeah, I'm, in, I'm in the same kind of boat. Like I, if I'm in a relationship, I'm not really happy for my partner to masturbate and yeah, me neither. I feel like that, that's what the other person's there for. And it feels yeah, so much better yeah. if you massage yourself compared to if someone else is giving you a massage. It's like, it's, it's so much better if somebody else It is. is. Like, there, there are some things where it's like, you know, you have two for a reason. Like, you're, you're in a relationship and that person is there for a reason and you can share with them what makes you tick. Um, and they can figure it out as well. And And enjoy it too, right? Like it's, you get pleasure on both. Well, ideally, um, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what you want as well, right? Mm -hmm. Pleasing the Mm -hmm. other person and both parties are, are winning. (laughs) Just to wrap this whole thing up, if you could think of the three tips or like the three main tips to give people to embrace their sexuality mm-hmm. what advice would you give them if there are three things someone can do today to yeah embrace their sexuality okay be honest with yourself and your partner yes. so that yes. honesty 100 percent um explore explore mm-hmm. yourself explore your partner explore a sex shop and if you're not in a relationship yes exactly like explore other genders explore all sorts um so honesty explore exploration and i think um fun have fun with it there's nothing taboo about sex anymore it doesn't have to be secretive it doesn't have to be taboo 
It doesn't have to be so serious either. Yes, exactly. It doesn't have to be so serious. And and like one more as well, it's just expectation. I feel like there is an expectation for men to like what last hours or something and for women to like have multiple orgasms or like, I feel like there's this expectation. Get rid of that. Get rid of those those standards and those expectations and just if if you last four minutes great like get ready to go again or like pull out the vibrator like just it doesn't matter those sorts of things genuinely do not matter when you're in the bedroom if you are honest and if you are explorative and if you are having fun yeah so yeah those those would be the three things awesome Yay! So much. We covered so much today. (laughs) (laughs) We covered so much. I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, oh wow, it's only like we're we're there already. I could keep talking to you for like I kid you not, two more hours. Oh my Um, god, I know. I know. Oh my god. Yeah. So what are you doing this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I gotta get I got a dinner to go to tonight with a group of friends. So I need to wrap this up. Okay. Well, well, thank you so much for coming online and talking to me. Thank and us. you. Thank you, Aurel. This has been really great. And it's been a really great moment for me to just be honest about my whole, my whole situation. Whole so thank you. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.